Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. So this morning, I want to I invite Estel and Kristen up, if they would. I see Kristen. Anyway, we, uh, there's several things that we're really passionate about here at Reliance, and you kind of get to know some of those things. Worship, definitely we're passionate about. We're, we're passionate about God's Word. We're passionate about prayer. We're also passionate about mission. And uh, we believe that we, uh, we are missional people, meaning that God sends each one of us, some across the street, some to the cubicle right beside us, and then some to Africa. And so I've known Estel uh, for a long time, since we were like six years old. I was trying to think. I think it's since we were like six years old. So he probably has stories, and I have stories on him for sure. But uh, um, no, I'm just so thankful that we can be a missional church. And so um, they come from Abilene, which is our hometown. And, um, and so they're going to share this morning. And as they do, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would stir in your heart whatever mission he might have for you. And again, as, as they speak and stir something within you, the same Holy Spirit would stir in you. And so let's, uh, yeah, let's welcome Estelle and Kristen. Thanks for having us. Like Aaron said, my name is Estelle. This is my wife, Kristen. I'll introduce our kids. They're sitting over here, but if you look up on the board, the boys in the blue shirt are twins, Landon and Layton, and they're almost 13 years old. Uh, Jackson is in the yellow shirt, and today is his birthday, and he turns 10 years old today. <laughs> He's a little... He's shy. And then the next one in the green shirt is Malachi, and he is seven years old. And then Ruth is three years old. And I'm going to share about why we believe God is calling us to go to Africa. So we have been married for almost 16 years. And we were, when we were first married, um, right after we got married, I believed that we should go to an unreached people group. And I wanted to do missions. And I went to my wife and said, I think we should go do missions. And she said, no, I don't think that's what I have in my thought life or in what our plans. And so you jump forward about seven years. And my wife came to me and said, okay, I'm ready to go do missions now. And I said, no, I'm farming with my dad and brother on the family farm. I do not see missions in our future. I want to farm and give the farm to the boys. And this is where I want to raise my family in Abilene. And about two years ago, some missionaries um, from Africa came, longtime missionaries there in Africa, they came to our church. And during the church service, they said, we need Bible-believing Christians to come and share the good news to people in Africa. And that's when I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to pray about going. And it was hard. I struggled with the Lord. I didn't want to go. And um, they talked for 45 minutes. I only talked for five. They talked a long time. And in that time, I struggled with the Lord, and Kristen was in the nursery with Ruth. And so I thought, well, you know what? She's probably not even hearing the sermon much. So I said, Lord, I'll ask my wife one time if she believes that we should pray about going to Africa. And if she doesn't say, you know, give a positive response, I'll drop it, and we'll move on with my life in farming. And when we got in the car to go home from church, I said, I think we need to pray about going to Africa, and she said she did too. So that's when we began to uh, meet with elders in our church and uh, spend time in prayer. And so last winter, we went over for three and a half weeks to Africa and visited. And the first night we got there in country, we were both physically and mentally tired and exhausted. My wife looked at me and said, what are we doing in Africa with five kids? This is ridiculous. And I agreed 100%. But once we begin to see the ministry and see the people, and we believe the Lord is calling us to go back. If you could advance to the next slide. 
And that's a map of Africa, and the little sliver in red is the country of Malawi. And so we're living in a town called Mongochi, Malawi. You can advance. And so our sending organization that we're going with is actually our church's denomination that we've attended um, for most of our married life, and it's called Brethren in Christ, so we're going with their world mission um, branch. And so we're joining the folks that are pictured up there, Doug and Barb, and they've been there for about 20 years working with the Yao people, and so we're really thankful for their experience and wisdom to join them. You can go on. So the Yao people are who are going to live nearby, and as Estel said, they are qualified as an unreached people group just because of the low percentage of people that are following Jesus and Bible-believing Christians. They mostly follow Islam right now, combined with some African animistic beliefs of praying to their ancestors' spirits and things like that 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 they believe. Um, There's about 2 million people in the people group, and they mostly do subsistence farming, and there's a pretty high level of poverty within them. You can go on. So as far as what we will do, um, we will plan on learning the language and devoting a lot of time to that in the beginning. And um, we will be going to live near where we plan on living um, for quite a while. We're not going to a language school necessarily, but we will um, live near the Yao people and learn their culture and language. And then we'll join the ministry that is already happening. You can go on. So the current ministry that is happening is um, focuses on weekly Bible study groups in the villages, and they teach chronologically through the Bible. So they have a lot of lessons, as well as the Bible, in their, lang- their native language. And so um, they go and do that. And over the years, there have been people come to faith, and so now they're working on the leader training and development so that they can go and multiply and branch out in the other villages and do the same thing. And that's a picture of our family on our trip last year at one of the village Bible studies. So that's the normal setting, uh, maybe uh, under a shade tree or something like that. So you can go on. And that's our family in the marketplace. Um, And the man next to me in the orange shirt is also part of the team that we're joining. He's um, a Yao person, actually, um, but he has known the Lord for a long time and has a lot of um, wisdom and knowledge of his own people. So we're really thankful to join him, too. You can go on. Um, and we just like to share the verse, 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And then, so our current status is we are gathering a team of prayer and financial supporters. Um, we are thankful that we are at 90%, or sorry, 93% funded for our, our, our um, normal, sal- normal funding and then our expenses, and then we will be trying, or trying to raise money for a vehicle, and vehicles are extremely expensive over there, and we're just starting that, so if you'd like to know information about that, come back and talk to us, and we have uh, emails, and then we'll be in the back, if you want to sign up for a monthly emails, you can do that, Um, we're finding more people on Facebook, we have a Facebook group with what we're doing, and we hope to leave in October. Thanks, guys. So... Stay here for a minute. So yeah, right outside that door, um, kind of at the Welcome Center, you'll see a little clipboard, email, uh, newsletters, and different things. And so I was thinking about this as they were sharing in both, both services. I'm thinking, you know what? They have a lot of reasonable excuses for why, why they shouldn't go to Africa, right? Five kids. You got five kids. You got a young kid. 
I mean, you're, you're generational farmer. Like, your dad's a farmer, your brother's a farmer, and, and so on and so forth. There's plenty of excuses that you could probably share from stage, and people are like, you know what? You should probably stay. But I, I was just so blown away at saying, we are all in. And I was telling them in the first service, I, I just, I truly believe God is going to honor that. Just that all-in mentality to say, he's worth it. He's worth it all, whatever that looks like. And so they are sacrificing a lot. I mean, um, the reward is so much greater, but, but still it's, it's sacrificial. And so we want to bless them as a Reliance family. And so if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind, just kind of extend a hand out. We're going to bless them and pray over them because um, this, this is a cool endeavor, but it's a Holy Spirit one for sure. So, God, we, we thank you for us and for Kristen, for their family. We pray for strength. We pray for clarity. Uh, we pray, pray for discernment and vision over the next few months as they prepare to go. Um, Lord, whatever is needed, you, you will supply according to your riches and glory. And so I, I pray that they just bank upon the promises, of course, that they, they've known for many years, but they'll cling even tighter to those promises that you're faithful, that you're good, that you're generous, you're kind, that you know the steps and the plans you have for them. And so, God, I, I pray that you would clear away any roadblocks, maybe roadblocks that they will never see, but you know are out there. And, uh, and those barriers. Um, we know that as they go and they try to advance the kingdom, uh, Lord, that there, there is a spiritual um, implication to that, that the enemy doesn't like that. And so we are praying uh, for clear paths. And Lord, where they do experience obstacles, Lord, I pray by faith they would see the power of God work. And, and Lord, I pray for lives to be healed. I pray for, uh, man, I just pray for dreams and visions for the Yao people. Even right now, as, as the toilet, uh, soil is being tilled, Lord, that they would picture, have a revelation of Jesus even in their dreams. And that they would respond, man, uh, just by reaching out to you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for, for them and for their yes and, and for the encouragement they are to us. Um, and so we just send them in grace and peace. We send them with blessing and in your favor, Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Good morning, church. How many of you love you some Jesus? Yeah. That's the reason we're here. Man. Isn't God good? Do you, do you believe that? I know I do. Ryan said it earlier, but you know how awesome it is to come faithfully to a place, freely worship with family, and, and man, watching God move in life, man, it's just awesome. I couldn't have asked for a better sermon intro today. We're going to get into it, but man, I commend the Bathurst family. Just such a cool story, and, and uh, man, uh, yeah, God is good. So we're going to get into it today. Um, last week, Carl Davis, Carl, where you at? Right here. Man, brought a phenomenal word. I absolutely, I've been chewing on it all week long. The simplicity, simplicity of the love of God, we, we like to complicate many times. And Carl brought such a beautiful word out of 1 John chapter 4 last week. And this idea that we can love because we are loved, right? We are loved by God so much, and, and Carl just shared his heart and just being real of going, man, t so long I've tried to operate by my own efforts, my own business, my own tasks, my own lists, and God just kept saying, knock it off, rest in my love, operate for my love, and watch what you can do through kingdom by that simple truth. 
Come on, amen? And man, it was such a good word. And I love that he, we, we went to, from 1 John ch- chapter 1 to 1 John chapter 4, because everything we do has to first and foremost be underlined with the definition of what real love is. And so Pastor Aaron, uh, I've been making fun of him all week long because before Carl, Pastor Ryan spoke, and then I'm speaking this week, and I'm like, Aaron, do you do anything anymore? And uh, if you know Aaron, you know for a fact he's doing something. That man is always busy, always loving you guys well. And so be praying for them as they are in Nebraska. Their kids all week are like, oh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be going at the beach all week. I'm like, yeah, beach in Omaha sounds amazing. (laughs) But we're praying for them for rest. I know it's going to be a good time. And so be praying for Aaron. But I want to kind of pick pick up off where these two left off. Um, as Carl shared the heart of the Father and operating from a place of love, Pastor Aaron finished 1 John chapter 1, and he got in just the very first part of 1 John chapter 2, and that's where we're going to pick up today. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 2? We're going to dig in, and I'm just going to ask you guys, if you know anything about me, every time I preach, I'm like, I'm not going to pace, and then it's like, Pfft. Throw that out the window. I pretty much walk about 20,000 steps a day. I always pace, and so I'm sorry. I have extreme ADD, and that's just how I deal with it. But God is good. 1 John chapter 2, 3 through 6 says this. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Someone say amen. Amen. Such an easy way to start off the morning, right? Oh, I love the truth, and I love how it just goes to this point. And I told you guys that, man, the Bathurst family starting us off today sharing their, their testimony of like, yeah, let's go to missions. No, I'm not ready. And then it's like, oh, now I'm ready. Let's go to missions. And then they're like, no, I'm not ready. And then this whole thing of being constantly called and walking in obedience. And what Ryan just said, they have every reason why they could make excuse not to go. But when God is calling you somewhere, Our command is to walk in obedience. Amen? And the truth is, is if we are called to live as Jesus did, did Jesus not live in obedience? Of course he did. Scripture tells us that through obedience, Jesus earned the place of salvation. Come on. I don't know if that doesn't hit home, but through obedience... God, or Jesus in human flesh, looking to the Father, looking to the will of kingdom... Through obedience, he took the place of the cross, and he gave you and I freedom and life because of obedience to the will of the Father. Jesus showed us, as you and I, followers of him, what it looks like to live a life of kingdom. Come on, man, I don't know about you, but that gets me excited, and so we have to start off where we left off, where we missed this whole thing. We are called to live like Jesus. To love the commands of God, to love his word, to cherish his word, and take every little bit of it and live it out. And so we're going to keep going, and we're just going to kind of dive in today. So we're going to continue in our text. First John, 
chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. This is where we're going to camp out today. I would encourage you guys just to take some notes. Dear friends, I'm not writing you, uh, excuse me, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make or, and there's nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. This morning we shared out of 1 John chapter 5 and Jesus is light. And darkness cannot extinguish light. God is light. And if we are called to live in light, we are called to a life of love. We are called to love one another. Amen? Let me ask you a simple question this morning. If you know anything about me, I'm, uh, I'm going to ask you guys to participate a lot today, okay? And so, is it always easy to love family? If you said yes, you are a liar. In love, okay? It is not always easy to love family. I've been married 16 years, and I love my wife. But man, there's days where I have to strive <laughs> to get over myself and love my wife, amen? amen. Love takes, you have to be intentional. You have to be able to choose love. And let me tell you something. Love and family is some of the hardest things to do because they see the good in our life, they see the bad in our life, and they see the absolute ugly of our life. Yep. Family is difficult, and they're hard to love, but it's a choice to love them. I've wanted a boat my entire life. I, <laughs> see, you guys are instantly, you know where I'm going. Man, I've wanted a boat my whole life. I've literally begged for one, okay? And for, for a long time, my wife hates hates, 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 hates moving watercrafts. She has this super weird phobia that they are gonna swerve because there's no lanes to keep them in. They're just gonna swerve and bam, run into each other and it's so weird. When I say weird, she digs her nails into me when one is like 200 yards away. She's like, they're gonna get us. And I'm like, whoa. And anymore, it's like she won't even get on the water. And so I never thought I'd ever get a boat but a buddy of mine that I told a while back that I was looking for a boat called me and he said, hey, a friend of mine is getting rid of their 19-foot fishing boat. Um, I think it's a great deal. Engine's completely rebuilt. Man, it's going to be such a good deal for you if you're interested. I think he'll give it to you for a really good price because you're my friend. I'm like, cool, sounds like a plan. So, you know, I smooched Darcy and somehow, by the miracle of God, she decides to let me get a 19-foot fishing boat for bass boat. It is awesome. I'm super stoked about it. But it's 1996. I mean, it's an old boat, but I love it. And so I don't know anything about boats. Um, when I say that, like nothing. Um, and, but I wanted one. And, and so uh, my friend Corey that I got the boat from calls me, or I call him up and say, hey, dude, you're going to laugh at me, but I know nothing. Like, can you teach me just a few things so I don't kill myself or my family? That would be great. And so he, he takes me out. He, he teaches me how to unload the boat. And we do this like four or five times. Load it, 
unload it, load it, unload it, load it, unload it. Then he makes me pull out and do it myself, back it up, get it in the water, load it, unload it, load it, unload it. We do this for a while. Then we go out on the water and he teaches me how to trim the boat and how to make sure everything's working good and we're running through everything. He's teaching me what all the switches do and the bilge and how not to sink my boat with, by putting a $2 plug in it and all sorts of things that you don't think about until you own a boat. And, Anyway, so uh, I get this boat, and I'm really excited. We are out all day. The first day, Caleb goes with me. I bring Corey in. He has to go. Caleb and I stay out. It was a great day. We fished, and we're just having a good time. I'm like, this is going to be fun. And so I go home. I'm like, Darce, I think you should go out with me tomorrow. And Darcy's like, I don't think I want to. I'm like, babe, I promise you I won't go fast. I'll take it easy. Whatever makes you feel comfortable, just go out with me. So Darcy's like, okay, but don't go crazy. I'm like, okay, cool. So we go out, and we, you, you ever plan a family outing, and it doesn't quite go as planned? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so this is one of those days. This is just a couple weeks ago. So we were out at Lake Afton. I back it up all the way to about six inches to where all I need her to do is to go six inches, hit the brakes a little bit, the boat will gently float away, and we will go to the dock, pick her up, everything's going to go great, right? So we, I back it up, everything's good. I said, babe, I'm going to go start the boat, um, and then when I tell you to, back up, hit the brakes, let, let me release. So anyway, long story short is I go to sit down, and I realize, huh. Keys are in the truck. So I wave like this. Well, Darcy thinks, hit the brakes. So the boat goes back, and I'm like, huh, I don't have the keys. Okay, so let me just describe to you what's happening, okay? By this time, we're about, I'm not kidding and exaggerating, that stair to here is how far we are just from the edge of the thing. I mean, I'm not even hardly out of the trailer, the boat trailer yet, and I'm like, babe, I don't have the keys. She's like, oh, okay. So she gives them, and I see her start to panic. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm going to throw you these keys. And I'm like, all right, babe, throw them. And she literally goes, let me just mind you, okay? It's a seven-foot boat ride, and it's 19-foot long. And she goes, whoosh, chucks them over the 19-foot boat into Lake Afton. And my son just falls over laughing. And I am like, my boat, we have, I'm only taking it out one time. And I'm literally, my heart is sunk. I'm like, I'm telling you this story and I have anxiety now. Is I'm literally like, what now? And Darcy's like, you see her panicking like, what do we do, what do we do? And the guy next is like, oh, we did that a long time ago. We lost our keys to our boat. And she's like having a full conversation about replacing the keys to the boat while I'm still floating out in nowhere. <laughs> Long, I, I, I get the trolling motor plugged in. I, I get the boat back to the, the ramp. And I said, babe, don't move the, the boat trailer. I don't care how many people are trying to get in right now. And somehow, by the grace of God, I dive down into 10 feet of water and find the boat keys. Come on. It's crazy. But let me tell you, in that moment, it was hard to love my wife, okay? And let me tell you, she could probably tell you a billion stories of how many times and stubbornness that I have that's, you have to choose to love family. And church, I'm going to be honest with you. We throw the words around a lot that we are family. Pastor Ryan, I think, said it at least two or three times today. We're family. Let me just ask you real quick. What are some attributes of family? What, are family, what does family do for each other? 
They're always there. They're dependable. Absolutely. What else? What? Pray for each other. Yeah, praise for each other. We believe. What? Sacrifice for each other. Absolutely. What else? Care for each other. What? Give to each other. Absolutely. These are things family does. And at the end of the day, no matter how much your family drives you crazy, we are family. You fight for your family. You give anything for your family. You lay your life down for your family because we are family. First John, in that, in that scripture, or excuse me, let's, let's jump in. I just want to listen to this. I just said we are family, and we throw that term around, but listen to what God says about this. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Galatians 3.26 and 29, for you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are all true children of Abraham. You are heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Let me just tell you really quick. You're my brothers and sisters, amen? amen? And I truly, truly, truly mean this. We are family. We are sons and we are daughters. We are brothers and we are sisters. And so when we use these terms at Reliance, I hope you guys feel the way I feel, that we are family. In verse 8, it says, I'm writing to you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in light but hates his brother or sister is still in darkness. But anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. We are called to live in the light. We are called to shine among the darkness. And these are powerful promises. True light is shining when we love our brothers and sisters. Last week, Carl talked about how we downplay the power of love, and sometimes when we use the word love, we don't really understand the full meaning of it. Many of us might still be thinking it's an actual romantic emotion, this mushy-gushy nonsense that we see on TV, but there is power in love, amen? amen? And I hope you believe that, because if you don't, I don't know what we're doing here, because I'm here because I'm a child who's been loved to my Savior, Ah, my son Titus, I laugh because Grace came in today and she's like, you know your son's crazy, right? I'm like, yes, I do. Titus is insane. And then my, we, we go to pick him up from my grandma or uh, from, from my in-law yesterday and Stacy goes, Titus is crazy. I'm like, trust me, I know. We deal with them every day. And then, and then uh, my dad's swimming with Titus and he's, he takes his floaties off and just literally, I wish I should have put the video up. He took a belly flop into the water. The kid's three, can't swim. And he's just like, my dad's freaking out and grabbing him and all this stuff. And he's crazy. But let me just tell you, he's crazy, but he's loved. He is so loved. He's loved by you guys. We like, he's like the church baby. Half the time we don't even know where he's at. And... He's probably told he's loved at least 20 times a day, and I'm not kidding. Caleb tells him he loves him. Paige tells him he loves him. Mom tells him he loves him. I tell him he loves him. Grandparents tell him he loves him. 
Aaron tells him he loves him. I see you guys love on him. And so lately, he's become a little philosopher. And dude, the kid asks some crazy questions. I'm not kidding. But, you know, your kids go to that, that stage of what and why. You know what I'm talking about? And so Titus, now when you tell him you love him, he literally goes, what is love? It's uh, a good question. The other day I heard Darcy say, I love you, Titus. And she, he's like, what is that? So, so far I've heard Paige try to describe it to him, Darcy try to describe it to him, Caleb try to describe it to him as three different answers every time. It's like, it means I care for you. It means, Caleb's like, it means you're cool. <laughs> <sighs> well, the other day he asked me this question and I kind of I paused because I'm like, how do I describe to a three-year-old what love is and how is he going to get it? And then... I just like, this is a cool moment, you know, when you have those and he, <laughs> he keeps asking, but I just said to him, I said, love is an action to show you how much you mean, buddy. How much you mean to me. And he said, love is an action to show you your value. And I explained to him, I took one of his toys and I said, you know, this toy is worth like $5. $5 is a lot of money. He's like, yes. I'm like, $5. You think this toy is worth it? And he's like, Yes. And I said, do you know how much more you're worth than this toy? I said, your worth is priceless. I began to share the, the gospel with him, and I told him about God's love for him. I told him that Jesus loves you so much that he gave his life so that you could live. I get to share the gospel to my three-year-old so that he might be able to get the power of love. The simple truth of love literally means, man, I'm going to put them above myself and I'm going to show that you have great value to me. And did Jesus not show us by example that you are worth everything to him? His word says you are so valuable, you are a masterpiece, and he literally rejoices in you. You were made unique. We sang about it today. No one else could love you the way I love you, Lord, because I was made unique for you. I have a piece of your heart that nobody else can have, and my name is written on it for you because I'm made for love. That song, it might be annoying. We sing it 100,000 times. No one else could love you like the way I love you, Lord. And then we go, I was made for purpose. I have a purpose and a desti destiny, and that destiny is you. That's the promise of the gospel. And then the bridge says, I was made for, I was made for love. That's it. Do you realize you and I were made for the most simple thing on earth, yet it's, we've made it so complicated. We love because we've first been loved. And we love from a place of being loved. Guys, that's the power of this. We are family and we are called to show each other great value that we are willing to show you your worth by my actions. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Act like you're paying attention. <laughs> First Corinthians 13, four through seven, we hear it at every wedding ceremony we've ever been a part of, but have you actually looked at it and saw the definition of scripture of love, love is patient, love is kind, it does not, it's not jealous, it's not boastful, it is not proud, love is not rude, it does not demand its own way, love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out, love never gives up. 
Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and love endures through every circumstance. Somebody tell me that love is weak and a weak emotion and this mushy-gushy nonsense. No, love is powerful. It never gives up. It is selfless, and if we live in love, then guess what? Our houses would be in harmony. We would stop living selfish desires and we would see loving our own spouses as Christ loved the church, laid his life down for him. We would see households, Christian households, raise up, show an example to a broken world and the light of Jesus would extinguish the darkness. Satan's trying to take hold every day through the lies and the deceit, even in his own church family. We are called to love each other well. I've had many people in my time of being a pastor come to me and tell me that they're going to get a divorce, and I tell them, I love you guys way too much to let that happen. I speak truth into them. I take the words of God, which is life, and that it is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's going to cut against, or cut through the nonsense and the deceit and the falsehoods of Satan. It's going to show you truth, and if you're willing to walk in love, every relationship, marital relationship is repairable if you're living in love. You know that? But sometimes pride gets in the way and all of these things fester up and the truth is, is we try to live in flesh with his hate. Love is powerful. It never gives up. It never lets you down. It is hopeful. And man, we are called to live in it. Guys, we... We're shown the greatest love story we've ever known through this powerful book. We take it for granted all the time. But these are the words of God. This is the testimony of God's love for you. And if we just take that, and that's our identity as the church bodies, the church family, then we would change the world by the simple simplicity of being obedient to loving God and loving people. And let me tell you something. If we can't love our family well, we're never going to go out and love the darkness well. If we can't love our family and the believers and the ones that we do life with well, how are we going to go out and show the world that we are love? We have to be a unified body, a unified front. This Monday, I'm going I'm to do a shameless plug or a shameful plug, either way. Monday night, we have men's group, second and fourth uh, Monday of every month. I beg you, be there. Men, You are my brothers. I love spending time with you. It is literally my greatest joy Monday night, second through fourth. I'm not kidding you when I say every time I walk upstairs, I tell my wife, I love you because these men have encouraged me to be a better father and a better husband to you. Man, I love, look, Casey's over there shaking his head like, heck yeah. You know how many times I've shown up to men's group like, oh man, I'm tired. Next thing I know, I'm like, I don't want it to end. You guys are amazing. Because when we do life together and we sharpen each other and we get into the word together, it makes us want to be better. That's what love does. And so we're in men's group on Monday night and we get into the really easy book of James. And what I love about James is it's perfect for men. Because sometimes we just need it as blunt as possible and just be smacked upside the face with the word. (laughs) Amen? You know what I mean? It's like, don't sugarcoat it, just give it to me. And, And this is what it says. James chapter 2, 14, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Well, that's an easy one to digest. Verse 17, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. 
Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Whew. Verse 24, so you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Do you guys get that? Let me just be super clear with you. Our deeds are like filthy rags unto the Lord. There is nothing that we can do to better our place with God. He loves us because we are his sons and daughters. Amen? Amen. That's what Carl was preaching on last week. And when we get that, and we get that truth, we understand, man, it isn't about my deeds. But when I'm loved in that fatherly way, it makes me want to live it out for him. And that's the beauty of it. If we say we believe in the love of the Father and we believe in God and we want this for our lives, we better let our faces show it. Let the joy exude from our life. Sorry, I'm yelling a lot. My wife says I yell a lot. We better show that we are loving the world by our actions. People should know that we have the gospel inside of us because it's the good news and that hope is shining like bright stars and the world should look in wanting it. They shouldn't be going, I don't want to go into that church because they're full of hate. They should be going, I want to go into that church because all I see is love coming and flowing from a place. And let me tell you, the truth of God will divide the seed of the world, if we just love the world well through how God loves us. We have to let it be shown by our actions, church. It is time that we start showing it first and foremost in our homes and then in our communities. Our, our church body, you guys are phenomenal. We're going to get into that in just a minute. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And they're probably like, man, you're way beyond, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Somebody tell me God's good. During camp this, this last this couple weeks ago, we had a, a high schooler. It's the last day that we're there. Um, it was a Thursday night, and man, we are exhausted. We've been out the lake three days already. We've just been completely uh, just giving and going and good worship times. We had some incredible worship on Wednesday night. When I say spontaneous worship, Jacob and I, I can't wait to share it with you guys. We're going to do this one day. We wrote a song from camp because it was just joyful and so cool. We shared it on Wednesday with our youth. And this whole idea is like, you know, it's a, the, the, the whole premise of the song is it's a joy to be yours. And it's just a really cool worship time. Anyway, so we had just a phenomenal week. Ryan and Aaron came and equipped our students, poured into them. Um, we had amazing leaders come and share their giftings. Jen Neiman did a phenomenal job teaching them about the temple of, of God, the body of giving ourselves to him. And, and I got to share the last, the last night. And before we do, there's just like everybody's exhausted. And it's one of those times where like, well, we're going to do worship because we have to. And the spirit of God just comes in like he does, and this, one of our students has a beautiful love encounter with God. And it's in the weirdest time, we're singing like a really high energy song, and I just look over and he's bawling. And I'm like, oh yeah. Because it wasn't like, oh man, I'm a mess. It was smiles, and he's just smiling, and tears are coming down from his face. And when I asked, I don't think Jonah would care. His name's Jonah. Jonah says, I don't know what just happened. We were sharing the highlights of camp, and he said, it just happened. I don't know what just happened, but God just showed me how much he loves me. And he starts crying again. I'm like, yes. 
because a love encounter with God will transform your life forever. You can't deny it. You can't run away from it because you will always want it. And if you turn away from it, nothing else will satisfy because the love of the Father is what we're made for. I was made for love. I was made to be in the love of God and I was made to love others. And we, church, have to love each other well. We are. The scripture I was just about to get into, I'll just paraphrase real quick. In John 17, Jesus prays the last prayer. And it wasn't just for his disciples. Do you know who he prayed it for? For all to come to know, everyone who's ever come to know the good news, the gospel, he prays for you. And this is what he prays. God, would you make them one as you and I are one? There would be no separation. That's what he prays. He prays that we would become family and nothing would separate us from that truth. And we would walk in that and the power of God would advance. The kingdom of God would advance from us just being obedient, from operating from a place of love. That's it. And so today we're going to just invest in each other's lives. You know what I love about family is I make my kids do things they don't want to do all the time, like chores. (laughs) And today we're going to do something you might make you feel a little uncomfortable because we're family. But family invests in each other's lives. You guys said it. We're dependable. We care. We pray for each other. We care for each other enough to show how much we value each other. Let me just tell you guys really quick how well you do as Reliance Community Church. And I just want to say I'm thankful. When people ask me, Matt, why in the world do you live in Kansas? You're from Colorado. You lived in Maui, Hawaii. Why did you settle in Kansas? And I said, because my family's here. I don't tell them about the vast plains of Kansas and say, that's why I'm here. I don't tell them about all the recreation we have to do. It is definitely not the best fishing but I tell them about my family of 600 that I would literally die for. And I'm so privileged of God. I'm thankful that I get to serve you guys. And there's days where I miss the mark and there's days where it's hard to love me, but I'm thankful you love me and you do it well. I'm thankful for my volunteers on Wednesday night Faithfully, 10 of them serve every Wednesday by pouring and investing into a generation so that they could know the Father, the love of the Father. Right now, we have 100 kids on this side of the wall, and, and you guys believe in them enough to give up your seats in here, to love on them in all the craziness and all the insaneness of little kids to show them the good news of the gospel. As you're walking in today, you saw those, those graphics on the, the windows. Those things are expensive. Guess what? Somebody donated those so that the community could see that we're having a VBS. They might know the good news of Jesus Christ. That's insane. We had Verna Ray, the grandmother of Reliance Community, passed away this week. And uh, she means a lot to me. She used to call me and ask me how things were going. She'd pray for me. She'd tell me what's going on in her life. And, and I have a voicemail that I pulled up twice this week. Just bring a smile on my face. I love that, that, that lady. And she loved us well. And when I t- started to tell people that Verna Ray passed away this week, I want to know what people started to do. First and foremost, they started telling me amazing Verna Ray stories. I loved it. But then they started asking, what can we do to help? Richard Pena and their family have been hurting. You know what they said? Man, you guys have loved us so well. 
I hope when you walk in this place, you feel the family. That's the one thing that we continue to get over and over again. Man, when I walk in, you guys are, trust me, you're not polished at all. Your messages, your worship, your this, your that. But man, it feels like family. That's the greatest compliment I can ever hear. Amen. We are family and we're called to do life well. We're called to love each other well so that we can go and love the world well. Unified front. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the next five minutes. This is how we're going to close out today. I'm going to ask you guys to find groups of three or four or five and just invest in each other's life. Tell them the prayers. Tell them the praises in your lives. Tell them the good. Tell them the bad. Tell them whatever. But let's invest in each other's life and show that we care because family knows what's going on in family. Amen? And so we're just going to do this. I know it's uncomfortable, but like I said, family does uncomfortable things all the time. But this is how we get to know each other. And I just encourage you guys, make it real. And let's just finish off by praying for each other. 15 second prayers, whatever it means. It doesn't need to be crazy. I know it might feel uncomfortable. But the truth is, is you are family. We want you here. And we want to invest in you. And I hope that you want to invest in us. Hurt you if you don't know me or Ryan or any of us. Come introduce yourself. We want to get to know you. But also, you guys, we do life together. We are each other's brothers and sisters. So let's do that. We're going to stand up. We're going to close out five minutes. Just ask each other what's going on, the good, the prayers, the praises in each other's lives. Let's do this thing. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.